0: Think Joe's having some technical issues.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. More 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 You are listening to Rouge White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge Wright and Blue CFL podcast. My name is Oz Davis. I am the co-host of the show. Joining me, as always, after a bye week, is Joe Pritchard. Joe, how are you doing this week?
2: Good bye week this weekend. I didn't get to watch nearly as much as I usually do, but I caught enough. That black like stone at least semi-intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, you weren't on a buy,
1: but your fandom was on a buy for the week as as the Bombers go out. I wanted to ask you this, Joe. Uh, Last week, your Bombers lost. This week, your Bombers didn't play. Are you still
2: as enamored
1: with the 2023 CFL as you were a couple of weeks ago? Of course I am. Okay.
2: It's been a lot of fun. There's been a lot of stories being told. Even if the stories aren't quite as bomber centric as they've been over the past few years, I mean... (laughs) I can't complain. It's been a wonderful ride.
1: Well, you can't have it all. Besides, it could be worse. You could be like our next guest and you could be a Riders fan.
2: That's true. Uh, (laughs) Our next guest is Coach Phil uh, from the Coach Phil Reacts channel on YouTube. Uh, He's joined, uh, joined us on the CFL ride and he's had quite a time of it from what I could see.
0: Usually I'm not caught off guard, but <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm first. First of all, thank you for having me, and uh, second of all, being a writers fan right now, the this year is crazier than last year's run. I'm gonna tell you that right now.
1: Yeah, but at least you're hopeful this year. But last year, that that collapse
0: last year was something else. Mm-hmm. See, I had a feel you was gonna <laughs> bring that up. Because I I, all season it's been hoping I've been hoping that we wouldn't have the debacle that we had last year because I I was thinking about it. The video I did last year, we played BC and we beat them. And I remember my words specifically being we're such a balanced team and nobody is more (laughs) balanced than us. And this is like a Marty Schottenheimer team. And I, I next thing I remember is six straight losses. That hurt. <laughs> that I I was like, yo, what, 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 what are we doing here? So I feel like I jinxed us, but this one's been a roller coaster. So yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
2: one thing you can't, one thing you can't say though is that it hasn't been dull in any stretch of the imagination.
0: Mm-mm. Every week has been, uh, it's been a banger. There's, I don't think there's been a week. At all, where there hasn't been an interesting game, an exciting game. I think the first time I actually have had like reaction to a game where I almost really fell asleep was Toronto and Hamilton because we all knew Toronto was going to beat Hamilton. We we all knew it, but I didn't realize how like boring it was until <laughs> like third quarter. It was oh my god! All right, let's just get this over with.
1: Well, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's kind of – I feel like that's kind of the way the first stringers on the Argos are with this season right Mm -hmm. now is let's get this over with. I mean, I remember we forecasted this game last week, and I said, nah, now Toronto is just going to take the foot off. You know, I mean, Oled didn't even play this game after me riding him all season in fantasy. Mm -hmm. I knew he wasn't going to get many stats, but he didn't even – play this game and i don't really think that toronto is now using this as as spring training for the second string i mean as far as i'm concerned i mean they they had uh i think 10 different receivers Mm -hmm. in this game uh kelly threw to 10 different guys uh, connected with eight of them um they're just they're just breaking out the practice squad at this point yeah they can cruise the rest of the way so That was probably part of it, just a vanilla game plan for the Argos. Um, uh, Phil, I just wanted to say thanks for being on. You're a phenomenon in the CFL, especially among the YouTube world. Uh, Now, recently, you've not only been on the Canadian Football Countdown, but you've also been on the Rod Peterson show. Are you sure you're supposed to be here?
0: I look here's the thing, man. I, I'll talk to anybody. Uh, you know, it's all love, man. From the, from the, I didn't even, I and funny thing is, I didn't even realize how big doing the Rod Peterson show was until people started texting me and DM me saying, You were on Rod Peterson. I didn't know you were gonna be on Rod. I was like, we were talking about, and then I look I call YouTube. I'm like, it was I was up there all over the place, and then they're sharing out my comment, and I, I ruffled a lot of feathers with what I said about Trey Ford and Jake delagala being the future. Like, oh, you didn't say anything about Chad and Dustin and Taylor Powell. I'm like, bro, it was nine o'clock in the morning. I ain't had no coffee. I ain't had a Red Bull. <laughs> I ain't had nothing. I even had a bagel and cream cheese. And you expect me to sit here and remember everybody off top of my dome? Chill out, but. I'm just grateful to be here to talk with you guys, man. I love what you guys do. And thank you so much, man. Love it. Trey Ford is, I mean, in my opinion,
1: he is the story, at least in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, every game you sit there and you watch, it's like, what took you? I mean, like, like why was this guy waiting now? I'm glad you brought up Trey Ford because this is one of the things I wanted to talk about with regard to last week's games, I guess we should talk more about your your own self, uh, Coach, but you brought it up. So I did want to ask this. Now, of course, last week, Edmonton played BC. Um, BC held forward to, I think it was 12 yards rushing. Mm -hmm. It's been one of his big weapons all year. And the TSN commentators just couldn't help but weigh in in the game's final two minutes or so saying, ah, this is a blueprint. Uh, now teams know how to stop Trey Ford. Do they?
0: Let me. I, trying to be p- not politically correct, but I'm trying to be careful what I say, because <laughs> one day they might ask me to be on there, but I can only give it the way I can, to be honest with you. It's not really a blueprint. Every quarterback has a weakness and every quarterback, every quarterback is going to ha- get have that day where they get stalled or they get neutralized. Unless you're an egregious quarterback where you just suck <laughs> and you can't read coverage. <laughs> like, if you're Rick Meyer terrible where they just throw it to one side of the field, okay, you're terrible, bro. But Trey Ford, man, like, as much as defense get the benefit of stopping him, offenses, the offense has a chance to get better and adjust. And that's the job of their OC, and that's a job of Trey is to all right, we got stopped right here. What can we do to counter that? You got to have a counter for a counter. And I think this was the first time, and I even said it in my video, Ryan Phillips is the best defensive coordinator in the CFL because he does things that are unorthodox. He tries new things, but he has the speed and the personnel to do it. So, and Trey hadn't seen anything like that. He saw Winnipeg and he, saw, he hasn't seen a veteran-led defense like Winnipeg before, but all around fast and people running at you left and right it was bc so trey's gonna have time to get better man i ain't ain't worried about oh there's a blueprint man come on miss me with all that
1: (laughs) okay uh we'll probably come back to 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 last week's and next week's football really quickly but i i just wanted to ask you um okay so your twitter twitter (laughs) your twitter i'm sorry x bio yeah Uh, says that you're an aspiring football coach, among other things. Okay, so I was wondering, does that mean that you are a football coach who aspires or that you are aspiring to become a football coach? And either way, what's your history with uh coaching?
0: I've been coaching since I was 18 years old. I have coached, oh, wow, yeah, I'm 29, (laughs) I'll be 30 in March. I've been doing this, is my this was actually my first year that I took off from coaching. I, I went hard for mm. 10 years. It should be my 11th year, but I took a year off because of going to school to become an elementary teacher. I'm in school to get my degree in elementary education. And I wanted to focus on that. And uh, I've been doing this since I was 18. I've coached high school. I started out as a slappy <laughs> after I tore my ACL. <laughs> after I tore my ACL, uh, my second, I tore my ACL, MCL, my sophomore year. And then I tore my ACL, MCL, LCL, my senior year. And no shame in admitting I did five years of high school. <laughs> I did a fifth year and uh my high school coach, he came to me and I had the idea. I wanted to be a football coach. And he said, all right, we're going to start you from the ground up and show enough. He did. I've done every when I say I've done everything when it comes to coaching, I've done it. The water jugs, ice, I've done taping, I've done it. I've done so many copies of doggone play scripts and scouting and all that stuff it's I can't cuss on this show can I I, I, I'm not oh sure you can oh I've done so much shit it's not even crazy bro it's (laughs) wild (laughs) oh my god oh I've watched so much film it's amazing but it's 10 years of doing this and here I am doing doing YouTube Mm -hmm. talking football and uh okay so I see that you're in
1: Washington State. Mm-hmm. Um how did you how did you come across the CFL? I mean, I mean it's amazing how many Americans um are living on the border mm-hmm. and, and don't even hardly know of the CFL's existence. So how how did you come across the Canadian League?
0: that's funny you say to ask that question uh i've I've been asked this a few times and i've had to think back to like when was the real first time i actually noticed the cfl um Mm. because i'm a history person i love a lot of sports history history was my best class in school um i love learning about like watching document sports documentaries and learning about the past and uh i've watched so many documentaries on guys that have played in the cfl obviously flutie warren moon you know the list goes on and on but um my first real experience with the cfl was when i was little um, when they were on CBC, and uh the funny thing is, it was cha- here in Washington. It's uh for people that end up hearing this from Washington State, Channel ninety nine. <laughs> they played the sit mm. They when I would get home from school, the Simpsons would come on at four o'clock every like Monday through Friday. So I would watch right. it, and I have a whole hour. Like all right, I get to watch Simpsons, and I could watch it at six on Fox. Well, then like I think it was like Fridays or Thursdays. I think the CFL would come on like a little later. And I would notice it. And I'm like, oh, OK, all right. Fast forward like, to my adult life. I was on a plane coming back from a football camp in Monmouth, Maine. And we had a connecting flight in Boston. So I'm in Boston. I get on the plane flying JetBlue. Amazing airline, by the way. Comfy seats and TVs. Uh, <laughs> and they had Jotty Manziel's first game. And they had Jerry Glanville. They had June right. Jones as OC. The run and shoot. I'm like, all right, bet. This is going to be a good game. And Jotty got his ass whooped. And I was like, all right, this is even more funnier because Jotty's getting beat down. But uh-huh. noticed the CFL and doing all that. And then started doing YouTube a couple years later. I reacted to, I think it was like the best highlights from the 2021 season. And the first play was Gino Lewis hurling a guy. The rest was history.
2: So we did we have finally found a good a good reason for Johnny Manziel to have come to the CFL.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they and they glossed over it in his documentary. Oh, nothing about him in the CFL. Like, bro, that was funny watching him play. It was just so weird seeing him in a CFL jersey, but yeah. And you'd (laughs) almost
2: think his talent level and what the abilities he did have would translate, Mm -hmm. but it's the age old story of players that have played in the NFL or high-level college football thinking that the CFL would come easy to them, and they always find out.
1: Yeah. Plus, if if you're playing on the on the Montreal Alouettes, that is like the last football team to to have a reclamation project. I mean, we were also the dudes who had uh, Michael Sang
0: oh for about oh God. 15 minutes I, I,
1: I, uh, before Manziel. So. I,
0: I'll say this though about like to to piggyback on what Joe said, real quick. Uh, it all starts with the first thing you can talk about: skill, talent, fitting a scheme, whatever the case may be. But the first thing that needs to be put out there is you got to respect you got to respect the game you got to respect what what comes with the cfl and you got to respect how they play the game if you have no respect then you're going to suffer and you're going to struggle even like and i see people post on twitter about what chad johnson says about the cfl which is great he he's honest about it he says man respect what they do because it's a different game and a lot of americans are we're so in a bubble with what we see we think we're the best at everything that's not always true man if you just open your mind to different things you will really enjoy football I always say football is football man just embrace embrace what the CFL does man and sometimes the shit is more fun it's more unpredictable there's not them although if I see one more Tim Hortons commercial I'm going to lose my mind because ever since I came to Canada (laughs) I have been obsessed with Tim Hortons (laughs) but it's not as commercialized it doesn't feel forced down your throat it's grassroots and maybe that's just me but i love what i see with it man respect the game well it's it's for americans it's odd i mean you're a sports history Mm -hmm. guy so
1: you know that going back to the 19th century 18th century or whatever there are these other variations of football Mm Right, I mean, they have their own in Australia. They have their own version in Ireland, and that stuff is weird too. If you yeah, to watch oh, that. I've watched some of it. And I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the Canadian football game—if you don't look too closely—yeah, it looks like American gridiron football, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's just slightly derivative enough. And if you don't believe me, you can ask the dude on Edmonton who doesn't know the rules. Oh of the
0: rules. God. <laughs> <laughs> it cost
1: them a game. It cost them a game. This year. yeah yeah um, yeah. Okay, Joe, go ahead. Take over for a second.
2: <laughs> right. So so you so you got into the game. You started doing the reactions. And then you've been starting to travel, too. And the itinerary you have this year is one I only could dream of. The best I've done is four games in a season, and you've already got two down. You've got how many more in the plans?
0: (laughs) Um, So I've already done LDC and Regina. I've already done, obviously, the Banjo Bowl, where me and you met. (laughs) Um, I have, Mm -hmm. I'm going to BC on the 6th um for the matchup between BC and Winnipeg um doing a little collaboration with the team there and then the next day like that next morning I fly out to Regina for uh Rough Riders against Hamilton and then I'm back in Regina for um Toronto and Saskatchewan playing the this the regular season finale last home game of the season and then if we do make the playoffs lord willing I'm gonna try and sneak in a playoff. Yeah. If we have a home game, I'm going. I gotta be there. If we don't, then I'm going to the Great Cup. I already have that situated, and then I will be doing the Vignay Cup, uh, for U Sports. So that's gonna be fun. Wow. That's gonna it's a, it's a crazy schedule, and I'm bringing my uh my kids with me <laughs> to Grey Cup. So my son already has his fur coat ready. He he's he's ready to go. <laughs> he's been, he been begging his yaya, my mom, he calls her yaya. He's begging for that fur coat. So it's going to be fun.
1: <laughs> nice. Nice. Um Joe and I were talking before the show about how uh this late season seems to be pretty unique in that it's almost as though the league is getting more unpredictable <laughs> with a, a couple a couple of your uh lower teams uh Edmonton and Ottawa only now starting to heat up and to really play the spoiler threat to the other teams uh i know that mostly you're into game recapping but what do you see for the for the final four weeks of the season here
0: well that's a tough one because uh anything's possible right now nobody's position is safe um mm-hmm. i think the final
1: well except toronto well toronto's
0: lo- oh yeah Tor- oh yeah uh, let, me, let me clarify that toronto's being locked in for weeks now <laughs> yeah. yeah when they went on there like what was it five game win streak we knew we knew but um, in the West, it's 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 very interesting with the West because BC and Winnipeg are just back and forth with it. Who they BC blew out Winnipeg, Winnipeg blew out BC. This one on the sixth, anything goes. It's gonna be crazy to see who gets that number one spot. As far as three and four, I don't even know. That's the crazy part is n- we know who the top two dogs are, but three and four. Who, who go, who's it going to be? We, we're we shaky right now. We rocking in our boots. We don't we as Rough Rider fans. We don't know what's going to happen. We may be on the outside looking in. Hell, Calgary might sneak in there, you know, but yeah, I, I know it. I know it's I know that's crazy to say, but Calgary, if we keep dropping, anything could happen there in the east. It's fun. I'm like what I like when I'm seeing from the east. The only team that I'm like, I expected more from was Hamilton. They did all that talking before the season about we're hosting the Great Cup and all roads lead through Hamilton and they've laid an egg. So Ottawa might make it, which would be great. Oh, yeah. They loaded up. They were going for it. Mm -hmm. They were going for it. Mm -hmm. I did the uh, I watched their uh, behind the R and I even called it. I said, they're building something in Ottawa. They got I don't I don't even know what to even say what it is. But when they made that move and put Bob Dice at head coach, people will be roasting Bob, thinking, oh, he's he's not meant to be the head coach. No, they have something. I get, If they don't make it this year, this might be a three-, four-year run for them when they make the playoffs. If they put it all together correctly and solidify that QB position, make a couple moves, sure up the back end of that defense, they're going to be good. But the East is – it's in the air, too. I mean, other than Toronto, it's it's a toss-up right now.
1: Well, maybe you can tell me for sure, Coach, because it seems to me that I look at this Ottawa team all year and uh, just in general, they seem to be one of the smartest teams in this league. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could really see it against the Riders. I mean, this was a game where Ottawa is giving away 20, 30 pounds at every position, and yet the Riders are just not playing heads up ball in this game. Uh, Ottawa really took advantage of the turnovers they uh, they <laughs> they busted a lot of coverage uh, Kram only ran when he had to mm-hmm. uh, and it, it just seems to me that Ottawa has really been maximizing mm-hmm. the let's face it the limited talent uh, they've they've brought to the field
0: this mm-hmm. year I'd say with Ottawa the thing that I, I I've noticed about them is yeah they do give up size they're not the biggest team but to to their credit it works in their advantage they're they're faster they hit harder they can make plays but also you got to give credit to their dc you got to give credit to bob for setting up the team the way they are the only thing i would ask of them is run the ball a little more and they're starting to but early in the season they kind of shied away from running the ball you know they 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 didn't really invest in it but now that they are They're showing what they're capable of. And sometimes it's not always about the talent that you have. It's about putting the guys in the correct position to win scheme-wise, technique-wise, everything. They're doing it, and they're going to put it all together maybe next season, and they'll be a scary team.
1: I mean, they're already fourth in scoring in the league this yeah. year. Uh, and after this game, Crom is is happy that he doesn't have to like do all the he doesn't have to create all the offense himself. Uh, he only ran a couple of times this this mm-hmm. game, including that nifty nifty little twenty five yard uh, touchdown run that he had. Uh, why you got to bring so- that up?
0: Why 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 why, <laughs> why 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 do you have to bring that up? Because you know we can't tackle a squirrel fart right now. So yeah, we can't. Yeah, not not to not to like, you know. I give critique, constructive criticism to everybody, but us, we cannot tackle what is Craig doing at practice to where we can't tackle anything. That's what I want to know. But that's yeah. neither here nor there had to get that off my chest you you guys are just you guys are just hemorrhaging
1: points after beating Winnipeg 32 30 you're giving up uh 51 (laughs) I got uh 51 I got 36 to Edmonton and then this week 36 to Ottawa so
3: uh
1: yeah 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 you may be right about the tackling uh issue there in Saskatchewan (laughs) um it's getting getting on to the contemporary games. Uh, any any takeaways from this week? I put that one out to Joe and to you, Coach Phil. Joe, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I mean I could take I, I we can go ahead and talk about just go down in order. Um uh like we did see that Ottawa beat Saskatchewan this week. We already mentioned the tackling was an issue. Uh but let's talk about the Saskatchewan offense. Right now, Jake Dolagala is in place he seems like he's starting to settle in. He's starting to understand the role pretty well. He's not really wanting to be battled, but yet he's not yet in a position to go try to go win a game. He's still in the position of where he you don't want him to lose a game, but then the defense isn't doing their part. Am I, am I on point with that? Yes,
0: absolutely. I, I can agree to that.
1: They don't have much of a running game there either. I mean the only the only uh proper runner they had in this entire game was Hickson. Nine carries, seventy seven yards. That was it. <laughs> you know, so so they're not they're not running the ball efficiently either. He was going crazy early on and then they just ignored him. Yep. Yep. Just stopped going to him in the second half. It's not like they were down by a massive amount at any point in this game either so not sure why that happened not much confidence there uh telegawa 26 of 37 for 279 however one uh the catch and run for 54 so aside from that 225 uh yards in 36 attempts other than that and two touchdowns and two picks so not a fantastic game by Saskatchewan. Almost surprising that
2: they managed to put up 28 points in that game. Given the limited offense. Uh, but yeah, and, and they did seem to rally late. Mm-hmm. They were down 36 to 14 going into the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. I
1: guess. Yeah, you're right. They, they were end down the by quite a bit. Sequence. It's a bit fuzzy at this hour of the morning for me. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, I felt like just about everybody scored this week, except for Winnipeg and Calgary. Uh, BC 37, Edmonton 29 was the second game. Uh, Heck of a game. (laughs) You talked about the future of Ottawa, Coach. What's your estimation on the future for Edmonton, who, again, since installing Trey Ford, has been one of the tougher outs in the CFL?
0: Yeah, I'm loving what's going on uh, with Edmonton right now. I think... With Chris Jones and I've I've been at Chris Jones' neck most of the season. Yes, you have.
1: <laughs> yes, you have. But um,
0: I think he's I think with having Kevin Brown back there, I'm becoming a huge uh Kevin Brown fan, man. Him and my Zell on BC. I'm and my boy Jamal Morrow, obviously. I'm loving the 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 running backs right now are making up for the QB play that's been hurting all year for everybody. But um, with Edmonton, it's it's good to see what they're doing right now with Dunbar and Moore and other pieces. Now, the defense, uh, I don't know. The defense is it's getting better, but it's not up to par with all the big dogs. But they're getting better. They're getting better. Now, do I think Chris Jones is still going to be here next year? I don't know. I don't even know about that. But what they're doing right now is more than enough to suffice maybe two, three more wins have a positive outlook towards the end of the season and then build on it in the off season. That's what I see with them.
1: Well, as for Jones though, Joe, isn't this like the situation in Saskatchewan a few years ago where he's just so entrenched that uh, he's not going anywhere
2: until he says he is. No, not so much. And the organizations had a lot of turnover. So they're uh, even in the, even in the president seat. So they're, probably looking for stability even if stability means means sticking with something that has been clicking mm-hmm. then again go back to the fact that they're four and two in their last six something has finally started to slip in there it's kind of the way it worked with jones and Saskatchewan. the first year was rough the second year things started clicking they started playing better and better uh this in edmonton it took a little bit longer it just took a little bit longer. I think he was coming from, they had a more talent deficit potentially than the Saskatchewan did when Jones was just starting out there. Uh, so maybe, maybe he just need that extra half a season to go, okay, fine. Here's my core. And then next year they throw a lot of money. They've been throwing money at receivers. They had Lawler last year. They've got, you know, this year. But maybe next year now they know exactly which hole they have left. To go throw money at.
3: Okay,
1: uh, moving on to very few people's surprise, Montreal Alouettes twenty-eight, Calgary Stampeders eleven. I'm afraid my Alouettes have established themselves as the best inferior team in the CFL for this season. Uh, we can beat everybody except for the big dogs. And um, for um, for me, I wanted to ask you. Uh, Coach Phil mm-hmm. I've Okay Jason Moss is to me As Chris Jones is to you I've been on this guy All season we basically Inherited the Riders terrible offensive Line play and the Riders um, Flaky quarterback let's say Although he's been very stable This this past half of the season uh, In Cody Fajardo How limited are the Alouettes going to be with this sort of line play that we're seeing?
0: They got Hercules with Achilles,
3: Achilles.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Where to God? I watch you look at Cody Fajardo and he looks like the next coming of Kurt Warner, Mm. but he plays like Todd Marinovich, and that's bad. Like I, I can't, oh. I can't even. Yeah, I hear you, Joe. Uh, it, it's so frustrating watching Cody play. I'm still not over 2021's uh, West final. <laughs> that was like where my love for the Rough Riders came into play because how you get five turnovers and yet you still lose the game is beyond me. Mm. But with Cody being the quarterback, he's the catalyst for everything. They don't have a bad team. We forget they were in the East Final last year. There's no excuse. Oh, no. Yeah. And then you go give you go get Cody, which everybody was speculating where he was gonna go in the offseason. He choose Montreal. When I heard, I was like, why? And I didn't really know anything <laughs> about Jason Moss. I was not familiar with him, but it only took me three games to realize this dude needs to not call the plays. You need to let Anthony Calvillo do his job because there's a difference. And you watch the Alouettes very well. You can tell when there's a difference between when Anthony calls the plays as OC and when Jason puts his nose in there and tries to call plays. Jason wants to do the same thing old boy does in Hamilton with all those screens and short passes and we're going to throw to the boundary and all that crap. No, man, attack the middle. The middle is butt naked open. When they do it with Mac, they score. Am I wrong? all the other weapons they got yeah you stretch the field and you, nope. you you use every bit of the field why do the offenses in the cfl only try just to just what they focus on we're gonna throw it we're gonna throw out routes all game or we're gonna throw c routes all game man attack the whole field and anthony knows that so i i don't know i stop making cody drop back five to seven steps and maybe you'll have a chance at winning games damn
2: And maybe use the running back talent that's there
0: too. You've got William Stanback. Use him. That's a bowling ball. Use him. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I just feel like, I just feel like Cody's been running for his life most of this season. And only, only recently um, has he managed to, you know, get rid of the ball within, you know, a reasonable amount of time. I mean, in this game, 22 of 29, for example, uh, he's not, he's not going to throw the long ball. The way that this line collapses on every play, but mm-hmm. you know he's he's finally learning to to not hold on to it for so long. So I don't know. I I I was I was a skeptic at the beginning of the year, but I'm starting to come around on Fajardo as an Alouettes fan. I don't think that we're going to go that far this year, but <laughs>
3: um,
1: <laughs> it's it's you know. At least we got something happening there. It's not a completely dead position. And uh, okay, we mentioned this uh, earlier in the show. Uh, the the week was capped with a snoozer. Uh, Toronto Argonauts twenty nine, Hamilton Tiger Cats fourteen. Uh, Coach Phil already weighed in on this. Joe, you got any insights into this particular game? Somewhat meaningless.
2: Well, it was Hamilton's chance, given that Toronto's had everything clinched and was sitting a few key starters, to try to take take second place in the East and try to make a run for it and at least give themselves a home playoff game to push off and, and try to, try to get, get something fired up at the end of the season, maybe get on a run. No, they're just not that team. Yeah, Hamilton can't beat anybody in the East this year.
1: That's that's their uh, that's their M O this year. Uh, all right, week seventeen coming up. About four more four more games for most of these teams before we get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we start the week with the game that we thought was going to be the Marquee game, probably of the month. But I'm not so sure anymore now that Toronto's got things locked down.
0: Toronto at Winnipeg. Um, what what are you looking at in this game, Coach Phil? I have two things that I'm looking at right now. Um okay. for the fans, it's the first time Winnipeg fans are actually acknowledging Toronto's existence ever since they got that ass whooped at Grey Cup. Um I think both teams it, it, it could go either two way. They could start their starters and have a knockout drag out game just for the fans and you know, crack a view, whatever. But the other hand, they could rest their guys and let the backups do their thing and it just be a snooze fest. And I'm not really expecting like um, we're going to put we're going to throw everything but the kitchen sink against each other. Nah, they, they're smart. They are both smart teams. The two teams that played in the Grey Cup last year, they know it's a marathon. We got three, four more weeks to go we try trying to make it to the playoffs, man. We'll see each other. We're going to see each other in the Grey Cup. So what we got to prove right now. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at too. Uh, Winnipeg's going
2: to have to do more and show more because the game actually matters because BC's nipping at their heels yep. at this point. Um, so you don't want to let one go that you could have had. Toronto has nothing to prove and nothing to show off. Mm-hmm. If I'm No, i am turtling this game i am just saying here's my backups here's the most vanilla offense you have ever seen in your life here's the most vanilla defense you've ever seen in your life uh this is not going to be the team you're going to see in november so you know enjoy yourselves tonight and we'll see you then
0: Mm -hmm. and they're not gonna uh they're not gonna show all their cars man they're gonna play poker they're gonna give a straight poker face and like we're just gonna run draw all game we're gonna run draw we're gonna throw (laughs) we're gonna throw a couple couple out routes and we're good to go but Why why would you give everything up just for a meaningless week 17 game? Because for the fans, it's pride. It's it's Winnipeg trying to get, as we say here in the States, our lick back. But you lost. You lost. Let it go. Okay, you're not getting back that great cup. This game is what it is. The fans want it more. So. To the players, it might just be we'll see you guys in a few weeks.
2: Yep, exactly. Let's go. Let's let's see let's see this one again in november i'm all for it exactly yeah
1: winnipeg i think is going to have to winnipeg is going to have to take care of business here uh because for the first time you know and it's late this season for the first time there's a mathematical tie up top that west division with bc who gets saskatchewan in bc uh do you have any hopes for this one coach
0: I know this is a podcast, so I wish everybody could see my face right now. <laughs> Yo, OK, uh, I've been thinking about this one for the last 24 hours. We're going into a buzzsaw these next couple weeks, and yeah. uh, it's not going to be easy for us. It's not going to be easy for um, I'm not worried offensively. I'm, I'm not. I think the play calling has been what's held us back a little bit. I think we get a lot of very predictable. I think we don't really with Jamal being out. Hickson did really good, but we shy away from the run game against Ottawa. So we got to find a healthy balance. We gotta get, we gotta get to where we know what our core plays are, and we mix in a few different things and we get on a nice little run. We can do something against that staunch BC defense. That might be the best defense in all of the CFL right now, man. But um defensively, I I I don't know. I, I have no I have faith in my guys but Vernon's going to Vernon. That Myzel is going to run hard. If they and I said it before on my channel when teams get second level against us in the run game or just in general, we're screwed. We have so many injuries and we have so many we're we're not the strongest in the trenches. We get overpowered. I don't know. It's going to be a high-scoring game hopefully, but if we're going to win it We got to take care of the ball. We got to have explosive plays. We got to cash in in the red zone and we got to make it happen. So I'm going to ride with my guys as usual. Well, again,
1: uh, yeah, it should be a high scoring game because Saskatchewan's been giving up points in bunches ever since playing Winnipeg. So, yeah, um, yeah, I would I would suspect a good 40 out of uh, B.C. or so, Uh, Joe, you're, you're looking for
2: B.C. to take care of business here as well, right? I would say so. I think the turning point, the thing that could turn this into a Saskatchewan win though, is if Vernon starts making mistakes yes. in bunches, which he's prone to do. If he doesn't, they are the they are the best offense in the league. But when he starts turning over the ball, they become the worst and it's just it's night and day.
1: Ah, but he's been keeping cool, you know. A couple of weeks ago he easily could have blown up and then he made the fourth quarter comeback. So, you know, I don't know. You know, I for years I I watched it I watched the implosion in Montreal, but I don't know. This season he seems stable. I mean, I'm I'm
3: especially as a BC
1: BC fan, I would not be. Yes. Yeah. It's
0: still there though. (laughs) <laughs> wow okay can i can um, i add one more thing when it comes to vernon yeah Actually, go for it so with vernon i've watched vernon even when he was at eastern washington you know what i'm <laughs> saying even when he was at oregon vernon has the talent to make throws that not a lot of people can make vernon's thing is that it's, it's the bruce arian's theory that he told peyton manning that window you see it's open every window is open at the pro level but with Vernon, when the pressure's coming and those ends are not crashing, they're going three steps up and boxing him in. He can't run and move the pocket with him. He struggles. He tries to either launch it 30, 40 yards or he throws in the double coverage, which you you kind of want a quarterback to take those chances, but not when it's second and four or third and three, <laughs> those type of situations. Vernon's got to take care of the ball. And the and the interceptions he throws, you'd be like, what the fuck was that, Vernon? The Toronto game showed it. Six interceptions and two of them were taken back to the house? He's, he's, he's gotten better from that. But still, there's moments where and it's the same thing with Nathan. And, and people expect to be like Nathan Rourke because Nathan Rourke had a great year last year. He's not Nathan Rourke. Yeah. He's not. Let Vernon be Vernon and let him do his thing. Not against us, though, but I'm saying <laughs> you're going to be in the West Final, Vernon. Against us, though, hopefully, but it most likely be Winnipeg. So Vernon's got to hold on, take care of the ball, control the game, get it to his receivers, let Mizell run the ball. They'll be all right. Vernon's going to be all right.
1: <laughs> all right. And on uh, Saturday, I- I'm loving these, uh, these, uh, Saturday games with the with the Eastern teams because I actually can watch them live at 10 p.m. local time. Uh, Here's another one. Man, I don't want this game this week, though. Montreal begins a home and home against the Red Blacks. Now, before last week, these two teams had the longest losing streaks in the CFL. I think Ottawa was at eight games, I think, in a row, eight losses in a row. and, And the Owls were at four losses in a row because we had to play the big three teams four straight games so we lost all four now one of these teams will have their one game winning streak snapped and i don't know as an alouette's guy i do not want to be drawing the red blacks right now i don't want them to be playing this game we just got the 500 again uh
0: phil how do you see this one happening oh it's gonna be a fun one i i like it i the i movie. like and here's the thing um i like montreal's defense more than i like their offense my guy, oh, yeah. my guy Sean Lemon, that's my guy. Reggie Stubblefield, that's the little bro. Darnell Sankey. That that you have a stud on each level, all three levels of your defense they are making a difference. I think that they're gonna cause Ottawa some trouble. They are good against the run game. I will give Montreal credit for that. They are very good against the run game. You're gonna go up against Williams, you're gonna get, you know, Dustin's gonna run, neutralize Dustin, and everything will be fine. Uh, I think Ottawa. Is going to pull this one out. They're hungry. They they are hungry, man. And I don't know. You don't want to hear that about your Alouettes. But yeah. <laughs> it, I, I think I it, lose. if if the defense the defense has to hold Ottawa to at least twelve points, keep the game simple for Cody. Let him get the ball to Mac. I, did Mac get hurt? Is he okay? Austin Mac, is he okay? Yeah, I don't
1: i would not be surprised if he sat this game i mean i was he did he even get in this previous game i think he was out there for a play Mm
0: -hmm. and then he Uh, got hurt
1: yeah and and that was it so i don't know i am i'm betting that he doesn't play this game.
0: Okay, if, uh,
1: not knowing anything medical or anything like that, I don't know. I'll have to look at the local papers today uh, to 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 see. I mean, that's that's obviously something we're gonna have to put a pin in because I mean we're recording this on uh, Sunday night uh, U.S. time, so. We're gonna have to wait for the for the news to come out on that. They usually when when do the injury reports usually come out, Joe? Like Wednesday, Thursday for a Saturday game? Wednesday. So you get, yeah, you get them for each practice. They'll put them out. Right, right, <clears throat> right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just have to keep an eye on that for anybody who's looking to to bet this game or even enjoy this game. Uh, I I would be surprised if Mac played personally. Joe, what are you looking at in this game?
2: I'm just, I look at the same thing I always look at with Montreal, <laughs> is can Cody get the ball out of his hands? Mm-hmm. And he's been doing better with that as of late. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that Ottawa is smaller. They could, if they decide to, try to out-physical them with their running game. but This is also a Jason Moss offense. Running backs only exist in theory.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no lie so, right so this one and given it's in ottawa they seem to have shaken to home the home doldrums that they were under for so so long i kind of going with ottawa here too in my head Ugh, okay don't like that and uh
1: geez closing out the week with a. Uh, I feel like this game is barely relevant. Calgary Stampeders at Hamilton Tiger Cats. I guess Hamilton, <laughs> with with everybody taking Ottawa to win, I guess Hamilton uh, still needs to play out this game and win this game. Uh, Calgary, meanwhile, is rapidly starting to look like the worst team in the league, uh, at least at this part of the season. Um, really have come a long way backwards from the beginning of the season i feel like despite the fact that this is the only team that's managed to keep their same quarterback on the field all year mm-hmm. um what is the <clears throat> impetus for a fan to be watching this game uh joe i'll go to you first on this one why are we
2: watching this game well because it has playoff ramifications no matter how it turns out okay uh, which are sec- hamilton isn't secure yet in their third mm-hmm. place but Calgary is still not officially eliminated. So, I mean, if Hamilton wins it, it goes a long way to settling the playoff picture. If they don't, we get the chaos we so love here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. What what do you think, coach? Does uh does Calgary have a shot in this game?
0: You feed Kadeem carry the ball and get out the way. That that how about it? That that and and yeah. I would say biggleton and give it to luther hakuna matata and let it roll let it roll you got nothing to lose right now do your thing i think this is more of hamilton's game to lose and it's not offensively that they can lose this game it's defensively i have i've had a beam to pick with hamilton's defense all year (laughs) just because it wasn't the offense doing all the talking it was that damn defense man like simone was talking all this simone talks he gonna talk but if you the you the veteran and your defense isn't backing up the talk it's just gibberish you're not there's only been a couple games where they show their ability of what they can do this is not the game for you to drop this this will screw everything up for you and calgary feed Kadeem the ball we gonna they're gonna be all right yeah, I'm I'm with you on the on the Hamilton defense all year. I've
1: just been railing. This team does not pressure the quarterback. They do not force turnovers, and and yet, as you say, they want to be talking all this smack. You know, it's just like this. This has been a, a laissez-faire defense all season. Mm. I just haven't liked what they've brought to the table at all. I think because they um, I think
0: I think just because they're, they look slow. They, mm. they, they just from the front line all the way to the secondary, they just look slow. And when they played Winnipeg, they, yeah, they won the game and all that, but they got exposed. And and Joe, Zach has been slanging the rock downfield. Like he has the arm to do it. And he does, but he, he don't care. He's like, we're going to throw it downfield to Kenny. Fuck it. Kenny's going to get it. <laughs> but, <laughs> and they exposed that secondary. And I thought they were going to win it, but to Hamilton's credit, they neutralize Brady. They that yes. was the first time I've seen Brady Oliveira yep. not get in the end zone. And when he doesn't score, it's trouble. So I don't know. I I I'm just tired of their. I'm tired of watching their defense just be slow as molasses and 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 talk. Like when they do make a big play, oh, they want to talk. They want to rah-rah. They like, yeah, we the best. <laughs> we all that. We this, that, and the third. I'm Simone Lawrence, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, my dog you're, you're you're six and eight jb <laughs> jb james butler is your team so what what are you talking about but that's just me you know that's not, that, that, <laughs> no, I mean, that's not just you
1: <laughs> it's no. not just you that's for sure you're not the only one. Oh, i know i'm gonna have hamilton,
0: not... i know i'm gonna have hamilton fans eviscerating me and i already know simone gonna sit there and say something you know sneak but i don't really care dog it's what it's what i see and i don't mean to sit here and and i never want to sit there and bash a player i would never do that i loved all the players but when you can't take constructive criticism there's a problem i feel like their defense can't admit to the fact they have fuck-ups you feel what i'm saying like every team has to be humbled I don't feel like they can accept the fact that they've been humbled and baptized a few times this season, (laughs) and it's horrendous to watch. I'm sick of them seeing that. I'm sick of seeing them dive for the ball and not make a play. I'm sick of them ankle biting. I'm sick of them making excuses. I watch the interviews. It's excuses. It's oh, we'll get it next week. Oh, well, this that. Like, bro, when is next week going to come? You want to make? Do you want to make the playoffs or do you want to just talk? That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you want to play in that Grey Cup on your home turf? Didn't they do that? Did, wait, or hold what? on, hold on. I'm trying to remember. Joe, you 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 can correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they host the Grey Cup when they played Winnipeg? Or was that somewhere else? They hosted, they hosted in 21. Yes, they did. So what? You lost that one? And you think <laughs> this one is going to be different? You really? David, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to take over the show. I, I have to say this, please. Please, Go for I, I got to get this off my chest, bro. Your track record. I saw a picture it was like 8,000 days since they've won a great cup. Am I correct? Yeah, yep. when last time yep. they won, what was it? Danny McManus was right? Danny yep. McManus was the quarterback 20th century, 20th century, 99 yep. against Calgary, I believe. Yep, you have no room to talk. Just man, do do your job. Just play. You ain't got you. I know talking is part of the game, bro, but damn, y'all, you, you it's the film doesn't lie. You're not playing your best ball right now. If if Willie, if Willie was talking, I'm listening all day, every day. Not because he's my guy, but he's got the cachet to talk. If Jackson's talking, Adam's talking, Zach's talking, they got the rings to back it up. Y'all don't have it. Yes, you've hosted a great cup in the last year or two, but you lost. And then you're hosting it again. And y'all trying to act like, oh, it's sweet. Like, we going to do this. We got this. All roads lead to Hamilton. What road? Ain't nothing but potholes and divots and and cones. (laughs) I I I saw a Texaco truck leaning upside down. You feel me? So don't. Man, play. Man, play. Bro, play. Sorry. No, uh, hey, I'll take any denigration of the Hamilton Tiger. It's cats. not even hate. It's not even like me <laughs> shit-talking them at all. This is this going to get you numbers, bro. This is going to get you numbers. This uh. is not me bashing the Ham—I like Hamilton's fans. I like what they rep. I, I'm a big fan of Brandon Banks. Me and Brandon have talked a lot. Mm. And I feel Brandon's pain. He went to Foam and lost and had to leave and get a ring. I felt for bro when they lost what was it to 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 BC when they got call- when his return got called back. I felt that. Mm. I feel for their fans. But y'all can't talk this shit and your game ain't backing it up, man. Come enough. Enough. Play. JB's running for his life. JB didn't have to leave BC to come here. And yes, he's getting the touches. He's showing that he made the right decision to be the number one back and show what he can do. So why can't you back that up for him and be like, all right, bro, we got you. Tim White playing his, playing his ass off. Taylor's playing his ass off. Help your offense be successful. Hold up your end of the bargain. You feel me? Damn. Damn. My head hurts. And
1: that Canadian football fans is Coach Phil. pride of the USA. Oh, and CFL Oh. Oh
0: my god. My head, my head hurt just thinking about this. Nobody <laughs> else makes my head hurt more. Well, okay. My rough riders make my head hurt. The riders, that, yeah. That 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 they that. also make hurt. You feel me, Joe? You feel me? Like, this is this is family guy. Lois talking about she got a she suppresses everything and says, I got a tumor, I'm a tumor, I'm a tumor. That thing right now. Like, y'all make my head hurt. Y'all make my ass itch. Damn. I'm done. Next. Okay. <laughs> don't die over there, David. Don't die.
1: Okay. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> if I do, I'll die happy. At this <laughs> uh, that's, uh <laughs> that's, uh I don't see how we could top that. So I'm going to just cap the show right there uh for my co-host joe pritchard we thank uh coach phil for joining us today coach how do folks find uh your stuff if they don't already know about it and if they don't they've been living under a rock how do they find you
0: i gotta remember everything after what i've said uh <laughs> <laughs> my mind is so hamilton right now uh right yeah damn uh <laughs> You can find me on uh, X, Twitter, whatever Elon's calling it now, uh, at Coach Phil Reacts. You can find me on my YouTube, Coach Phil Reacts 425. I'm on Instagram, Coach Phil 425, and I will end it with this. Danny McManus is not walking out that locker room, fans. Okay? (laughs) Bo Levi Mitchell is still on IR. You got Taylor Powell. Use him. But Danny McManus is not walking through that door and it's not 1999. Let it go.
1: <laughs> right. All right. So, for my co host, Joe Pritchard, I'm Miles Davis. This has been the Roots, White, Blue CFL podcast. Enjoy the games and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.